Welcome to Anchor Point, where we believe that the next 30 minutes could change your life forever. So join us to consider the greatest message ever heard, the good news of the gospel, as well as sound scriptural teaching for believers, all based on the Word of God, the anchor for our souls. Well, there's no doubt about it. Everyone wants to go to heaven, to a place of love, comfort, and eternal happiness when this little life is over. No one in their right mind plans to end up in a place of eternal darkness and despair. That goes without saying, right? Then isn't it strange that most people don't bother to prepare for their eternal destiny? It's true. There's no preparation necessary for hell. It's straight ahead. You can't miss it. We are all sinners, and sin must be punished. It can't be allowed in God's presence in heaven. No preparation is needed for hell. So then, how are we to prepare for heaven? Well, you need the new birth. You were born physically into this physical world and equipped for life here on earth. You need a spiritual birth to come into God's family and have an eternal home in heaven. How can you do this? Well, you can't. You need a Savior. You need someone who is willing and able to save you, and that someone is the Lord Jesus Christ. So, let's hear more from Speaker Frank Sona on this all-important topic. I want to speak about heaven. You know, we can speak about hell, and there's nothing attractive about that place. But there are places that we have all looked at. There are brochures that we have opened up, and I'm sure you have a place like that. You've seen it. There's something. I I have a friend, and she said, I've always wanted to go to Paris, you know, and the picture of the Eiffel Tower is there. There are places that you just look at and you think, I would love to go there. I couldn't paint the picture graphically enough, but I'll tell you this. If somehow God could just open the skies and get us to peer into heaven, I can tell you this it would be far more appealing than if God were to open up the gates of hell and get a look at that. You need to be afraid. If you're not saved, you do need to be afraid. If you die in your sins, you will be in hell. But I want to preach to you tonight and tell you that God is opening up His home. His home. Where He lives. A place that is beyond our capability to take in. And I want to look at what the Word of God says. But mind you, as we look at this place, there is a requirement to get there. There are no requirements to go to hell. Stay the way you are. Do what you wish. Go down the road of life. You don't have to do a thing. And you will be in hell. But there is a requirement to get to heaven. You have to be saved. You have to have Christ. There has to be a moment... In your life, now I'm speaking to people who are able to weigh decisions where you have to come to the realization, Jesus died for me. He had to pay for my sins. So let's look at a few passages. The first one is in Luke's Gospel, chapter 10. The Lord Jesus sends out a number of disciples to preach and to carry out service for himself. And yet, when they come back, they're they're astounded. The, The power that they have and the experiences that they go through, they're telling the Lord Jesus about them. 
And let's look at verse 17, Luke 10 and verse 17. And the 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils, the demons, are subject unto us through thy name. And he said unto them, now this is the point of this statement. They're saying that the demons were subject. He says, I beheld Satan, their master. I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Notwithstanding, in this rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Your names are written in heaven. Philippians chapter 1, there's many, many verses we could look at, and I will refer to them in the course of this message. But Philippians chapter 1 and verse 21. Now, the apostle is writing, this is a letter that is called a prison epistle. And what that simply means is he is under house arrest. He is not free to come and go. He is under the authority of Rome, and he's writing these letters. Ephesians is another one, Colossians is another one, and Philemon is another one. And he writes this, and he says this. Verse 21, For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Let me just say one thing. When a person dies in their sins, that's an absolute and total waste. But when a person is in Christ, there's gain in that life. God gets something. They get something. There's blessing. There's, there's the guarantee of heaven. There's the appreciation and enjoyment of peace and forgiveness of sins now as you live. But for a person to live without Christ and to die without Christ, that life is a waste. That person could never say what Paul said here. For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. But if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor, yet what I shall choose, I wot not, I know not. For I am in a strait between two, having a desire to depart. What does that mean, to depart? It means to die, to leave. And what does that mean? And to be with Christ, which is far better. Chapter 4 and verse 3. And I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help those women which labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and with other my fellow laborers. These are not mythical fairy tale. These are people, real people with real names. They're real persons. And he tells them this, whose names are in the book of life? I want to ask you a very simple question. Is your name in the book of life? I didn't ask you if your name is in records in this world. There are some people whose names are in records that they would rather not have them in. There are some names that are on legal documents, court documents. And there are other people whose names are in places of honor, places of respect, places of accomplishment. All those are going to fade off the scene. Is your name written in heaven? Because you see, if your name is written in heaven, that's where you're going. It would be absolutely ludicrous to have your name written in heaven and you don't go there. And the only way it's put there is when a person trusts Christ. So this is a definite fact here. Let's go to one more passage. There's many others. Revelation chapter 21. This is a description of heaven. It's a detailed description. But we're not going to read the whole description. You can do that if you want at your own time. But we're going to look at one or two verses in particular. Revelation 21 and verse 27. And there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth. Neither whatsoever worketh abomination. You say, I've never done that. I've never done an abomination. Okay. Or maketh a lie. Oops. How does a person who's lied 
How does that person get into heaven? Sin can't get to heaven. But God's ability in salvation is to save the sinner and to pay for the sins. While he brings the one in, he removes the other. The forgiveness of sins is based on the judgment that Christ suffered on that cross. When Christ died, he was paying the price for sin. As a young boy, through the words of John 3.16, found out that what God said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I took God at his word. And when God said, I wasn't going to perish because Christ died for me, I believed him. You know what happened? He saved me. It's as simple as that. Oh, it was simple for me. It was the hardest thing he ever did. I say it reverently. You say, well, what's hard for God? I can tell you this. When Christ died, he suffered. He suffered infinitely. Salvation, heaven, the fact that God is opening his home tonight to you cost him infinitely. This is a message. Listen, the depth of cost is tremendous. Every single person in heaven will explore for eternity the depths of the cost of what it took to get me there. And I am preaching to you tonight, and I am telling you, it's available for you tonight, eternally, forever, at the expense of the sufferings of Christ. Does that mean anything to you? Christ suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, the payment he made, the suffering he endured, the spit on his face, the crown of thorns in his head, the nails in his hands and feet, the darkness that came over as he was judged as though he were the sinner so that you could be accepted in him. Heaven isn't just a place. It is a place. But heaven is a prepared place for a prepared people. And I'm going there. And there are people in this meeting and we're going. And you know, there are some of you and I love you. And no, I love all of you. I shouldn't have said it like that. <laughs> but I'll tell you this. I'm looking forward to being with God's people and being with the Lord Jesus forever. Where are you going? When this is all done, when all the dust of life settles and the book of your life is closed, the end, as far as this life is concerned, where are you going to be? In heaven or in hell? With Christ in a place of light and life or in the blackness of darkness forever? Alone. No companionship. Friend, listen. Please do not fool yourself in thinking you will be with your friends. You will do all the things you've done here in a great... No, listen. You will be absolutely alone. Heaven. What a difference. What a place. Okay, you say, I believe there's a heaven. Okay, how are you going to get there? Because you know what? Eternity forever is a long time to be wrong. So how are you going to get there? If you wanted to go to Toronto tonight, you'd have to have a way there, right? So why is it that people leave going to heaven as an afterthought? Especially that you don't know when you're going to go. There could be someone in this meeting, and for all you know, you're leaving tonight. No, you don't have plans to, but you're going to go. Death will come in, and you will open your eyes in eternity. And you wouldn't be the first person to have it happen to that never saw it coming, that never realized, gripping a steering wheel, a pain in a chest, blindsided, out of nowhere, and all of a sudden, you're gone. A young man, an older woman, a middle-aged person, you're gone, and you're not coming back. And there are people that have made more preparation to go down the road to Toronto than they have to get to heaven. For some, heaven is just an initial change of location with an unchanging duration. They think they're going to go and 
they're going to just end up there. Basically, for most people, you know what heaven is? Heaven is them going with the people that they want to go along with them, and the people they don't want are excluded. In other words, it's just a little more of earth in a little better condition. Really? You know whose home heaven is? It's God's home. And we read that verse, Neither shall there enter into it anything that worketh an abomination, nor whatsoever maketh a lie, anything that defiles. This is God's home. This is eternity. And to think that you're going to go just the way you are makes heaven no different than earth. Right? Oh, it's, heaven is the home of the redeemed. Heaven is a place where the Lord Jesus said, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. He saw the devil like a meteor cast out of heaven. You know why? Because he said, I will be like the Most High. Simply because he challenged the authority of God. It was not tolerated. Cast out of heaven. And yet there are individuals with a lifetime of sins that think they're going to be there. Rebellion, lying, anger, lust, cheating, stealing, cursing, fighting, and on and on the list goes. And they actually think they're going to go to heaven. Heaven is a prepared place for a prepared people. I want you to think of the description of heaven. Streets paved with gold, gates of pearls. I like what one person says. The man was dying, and as he was dying, he's trying to get his gold, so he's going to take it with him. And he has this dream, and he dies, and he goes, and he meets St. Peter at the gate of heaven, and there he is with his bag of gold. And Peter says to him, "What? you brought dirt here? <laughs> you brought dirt? We walk on that here. It's a place of absolute purity. It's a place unlike any place we've ever seen. Staggering. Heaven. Administratively, God is in charge. There are no inequities there. There's no injustice there. There's no sorrow there. Didn't you ever think to yourself, that's not fair. That's not right. Do you know something? There's none of that in heaven. Perfect justice. Perfect righteousness. Perfect equity. God is in charge. Now, we live in a world where men are calling the shots for the most part. God has left us. It's man's day, the Bible calls it. 1 Corinthians 4. God is letting the line out, so to speak. He's letting the line out. And man is doing his own thing. Heaven isn't like that. And what amazes me about heaven, and you think about this, that's, that's where he came from. That amazes me. That's where he came from to here, so that you could go from here to there. I want you to think about its denial and its determination. There's only one way, right? Whose names are written in heaven. The Apostle Paul writes and he says, our citizenship is in heaven. He had to get the right passport, so to speak. He had to get the right citizenship. He had to be born, right? You become a citizen of Canada, a citizen of the United States. You could be born that way. You can apply for your citizenship. I'm a dual citizen. I was born in the United States, and I applied for my Canadian citizenship. There were requirements. I remember the day I got my Canadian citizenship. I was brought in. I became a Canadian. Are you a citizen of heaven? You have your papers? You have your passport? Nobody's going to go to that country without the right passport. Nobody. That's God's country. You have to be born again. You have to become a citizen. No strangers. No foreigners. Illegal immigration. That's, that's a big topic politically. But I'll tell you this. Everybody who's going to heaven is a citizen. A day we were saved. A day we were linked with Christ. A moment. It was interesting. I was crossing the border a little while ago, and as I was making my way through, I was heading over to Michigan, and 
So the, the border guard asked me, he says, uh, so where are you going? And I told him where I was heading. And he says, oh, what, what are you going there for? I said, I'm going there to preach the gospel. So he says, oh, really? He says, and what do you tell people? I said, I tell people they need to be saved. I said, I tell people that they need to have the right passport to get into heaven. I said, just like you do to get into the United States. So you know what he says? Well, he says, you know, really, he said, uh, I mean, it's all the same God, right? Isn't it? He says, you know, it's all the same thing, isn't it? So he says, you have a good day. And I said, whoa, 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 whoa. I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. I said, now the tables are turned here a little bit. I said, I'm going to give you an interview. So I said, come on. I said, you are the first line of defense. I said, you men do a great job. I says, and you're, you're important and so on. And then he started listening, right? And I said, now, I said, you see all those booths there that are manned by men just like you? The first line of defense? You are making sure that nothing comes into this country that shouldn't be here, right? You're questioning me, right? And I'm an American citizen. I said, you're doing your job. You're making sure. And you won't allow into this great country of the United States. I said, anyone that shouldn't be in, right? Now, I said, what makes you think that heaven is less than the United States? That God's country doesn't require a citizenship and a passport? Because we're not talking about now going for a little while. We're not talking about a temporary visit. We are talking about eternity. We are talking about, my dear friend, you living and staying there with God as your home. Now, do you have the right passport? Do you want to go to heaven? Because you're going to go somewhere. You're either going to go to heaven or you're going to go to hell. Make sure you've got the right passport. Because if you think that getting into Canada or the United States or any other government, as far as that is concerned, nation in this world has its difficulties, heaven is impossible to get into. There are no stories. There are no back doors. There's no payoffs. There's no lawyer hired to, to do the right paperwork. You need Christ. But if you have Christ, you know what? The door is flung open wide. I think of Stephen, that first martyr of the church in Acts chapter 7. He's being pelted with rocks. He's saved. He knows Christ. His sins are forgiven. And he's been telling others about him. And you know what happens? As he's dying, it says he saw heaven opened and the Son of Man standing. You know why? He was standing to welcome. Back up a little bit to the Gospel of Luke chapter 15. And there's a prodigal and he's been in the far off country. He's lived in his sin. Hey, you, you live in your sin? You know what sin is? He comes back and he's repentant. You know what that means? He's had a change of mind, change of heart, change of direction. You know what he's doing? He's agreeing with his father. He's saying, you were right, I was wrong. And that's what a person has to do to get God's salvation. You have to agree with God about yourself and agree with God not only about your sins, but about his son. You know what the father says? Come home, son. It's all yours. Best robe, ring, Shoes on his feet. Best of meals. What is heaven going? If those are little pictures on earth, what's heaven going to be like? I can hardly imagine the first moment that we as God's people step into that celestial city to see Christ. The first thing I'm going to do is thank him because he's the reason I'm going. Where are you going? Where are you going? Very quickly, the distinctions of heaven. God says in the Old Testament, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours. So are my thoughts higher than your thoughts. There's the vast difference between the two. So the distinctions between heaven and earth are great. I've mentioned a few of them, but just to mention a few more, it is a place of worship without distraction. 
to think of being able to worship God forever. That, that maybe doesn't interest you too much. You know why? Because you're not saved. That's a good indicator. It'll be worship because we love him. He loves us. Gave himself for us. You know, the gospel, I tell you what, there's nothing like it. Nothing like the gospel. I love preaching the gospel. Love the gospel. Love the truth of it because it tells about my Savior. It enables me to tell you that there is an offer being made to you now at the expense of his death, his love, his power to save, his ability to forgive. The payment he made on that cross can be universally accepted for the deepest sinner, for the most distant person. And he can bring you near, not just bring you near to himself. But you know what the Bible says? Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God. What a day. Heaven. Worship without distractions. It'll be service without exhaustion. We'll be able to serve him and never get tired. It'll be fellowship without factions. What a thing it will be. All of God's people, universally, from every age, from every time, from every background. It's going to be a tremendous place. Where are you going to be? What are you going to be doing? A thousand years from tonight. Come on, think about this. Be honest. Where are you going to be? Make sure you don't miss heaven. Because you miss heaven, you go to hell. The person who stands in between it both is Christ. Let me tell you lastly, very quickly, about this destination. And the door of heaven. Because it's Christ himself. You know what makes heaven as great as it is? You know what makes heaven heaven? The Lord Jesus. He is the Lamb. You know what has happened on earth? Men have pushed him aside. On earth, he is at the furthest point. In heaven, he's the point of attraction. The lamb, the songs, all the singing, it's going to be, going to be great. Singing like we've never sung before. What are you going to be saying a thousand years from now? Let me tell you this. There's going to be people from every walk of life. There'll be kings there, just as there will be in hell. There will be servants. There will be former prisoners. There will be apostles. I'm going. Are you going? Oh, the diversity of heaven. Because the sad reality is if you're not saved and you die in your sins, you're not a son. You're not a saint. You're just a sinner lost. And you're not part of anything. You're alone. Don't you want to go to heaven? Don't you want to be part of heaven? Don't you want to be saved? That's a great word, saved. I trust tonight, after hearing what God has to say, through the death of Christ, he gave himself. That's the Savior. That's the King of glory. A king who laid down his own life so that you could be part of his kingdom. What a benevolent sovereign who gave his life. Trust him. He loves you. He doesn't want you to die in your sins. Christ died for the ungodly. Yes, the central focus of heaven is the Lord Jesus Christ. What a wonderful place to be forever with the one who loved you and gave himself for you, to share his home of perfection, rest, and joy. Are you going there? Christ wants you to. He has paid the price for sin so that you can go there. It's the free gift of God. Acknowledge your sins, repent, and turn to Christ, and don't put off your preparation any longer. There's danger and delay. Trust him, and he will save you, even today. If this or any of our Bible messages here at Anchor Point has made you aware of God's interest in you, 
Or if you'd like some literature or a visit that would help you understand these important truths, why don't you drop us a line at anchorpointradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. We're glad you were able to join us at Anchor Point today. Anchor Point is sponsored by Believers in Christ who are meeting at various gospel halls. Each of these Christian assemblies holds gospel services every Sunday, as well as other meetings such as regular prayer and Bible studies throughout the week. If you've been challenged by today's message and would like to know more about the truth of the gospel or of gathering unto the name of the Lord Jesus Christ following New Testament principles, take a look at our Anchor Point website at anchorpointradio.com. There you will find more information as well as the location, programs, and meeting schedules for the gathering center nearest you. My name is Glenn Todd. Thank you once again for listening. And we invite you to join us again next week at the same time for Anchor Point, where we believe that Christ alone is the anchor for the soul.